Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. This is Ethan Huffman speaking, and I'm joined today by Elkin Beltry, who is in the middle of an epic yawn at the moment. And we got Richard Davison, who is on his Jordan flu game today. Now, R- Richard, we got to start with you, my man. What what possesses you to uh, to come, even though you're feeling so ill? Listen, listen. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to, you know, put put on your basketball shorts, put a towel over your head. Uh, you know, make it seem like you weren't out until three in the morning the day before, uh, doing who knows what. Um, not but for real though, I, I just I. I took a weekend with a bunch of high schoolers and I got sick. Uh, I was kind of hoping you were coming to the pod wearing a towel over your head. See, I should have. I, I, mean, I got, I mean, I got, I got, I got, I got a tissue. That's all I got. Do not then, do it. Do not sacrifice the audio quality. And then we have, and then Richard has to lean on Keiko as they walk back to the bench. No, it's true. It's true. I got to do that. But listen, I'm, I'm dropping what, 45 tonight? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, un- unlike Jordan, where he had to still carry his team, at least you have Luca in the household to kind of give you a pick me up. Wow! Yes, yes, indeed. All right. Well, I know the real reason you're here is because it is fake trades day. It's oh yes. what if day? We are going to be previewing the deadline in, t- in through the eyes and the lens of what we want to happen and w- things that we would like to see trades that we think are good ideas, but who knows if they'll actually happen. And I think a great place to start off is, of course, with my Miami Heat. Of course. And, and a trade that um, I look at as a, oh, this is a good trade. It's nothing too incredibly special. But it sl- shrinks the Heat's luxury bill by a million dollars plus the multiplier. And it is Kelly Olenek and Wayne Ellington heading to Houston for Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and a 2019 first. So, guys, what do you think here? Kelly Olenek, good shooting, big man. He would be the best shooting five the Rockets have. I think he'd be a nice little spell for a Clint Capella type. You get Kenny Freed, who just is running around like a crazy man. He's not actually playing good basketball. And then Wayne Ellington can catch and shoot. How are we doing with this? I'm looking at it as, first of all, like you said, adding three-point shooting. That's really much what you're getting. Have, how many games have you guys watched with, um, with Kenneth Reed? I've watched probably like two or three games. Two yeah, games. and it's I. he's getting numbers because that's what that role does. You're going to get easy buckets because you're playing with a great player like James Harden. But he's not a good basketball player anymore. He's just running around really fast. And that, that's the thing I was looking at, whereas – he has no defensive value to much of anything. He's undersized, whereas Capella, he may not be able to stretch the floor, but defensively, he's a monster. And if you add more shooting, first of all, D'Antoni is probably going to be like, yes. And then if you have, I mean, Chris and Knight, Chris probably gets like one or two minutes a game. And then Knight, I haven't seen him come in. No, they both don't play. Knight yeah. hasn't played since they've gotten Austin Rivers, and Chris hasn't played since he just was so bad they didn't want to play him anymore. I saw him in, like, garbage time in one game. That's why I said, like, one or two minutes. And he was playing with, like, those 40 seconds left. And, of course, I'm sure the Heat would definitely, like you said, love to get off some of these longer contracts, as you you had written down, and kind of just start putting an end to this. Because that's the one thing you bring up a lot with the Heat. They kind of force themselves into all these – we sign all these players who aren't really good players, but the longer contracts and expensive contracts. Yeah, it's more or less. Kelly Olenek is that 
you know, twelve to fourteen million dollars over the next over two more seasons, which Brandon Knight expires next year. So yeah. Brandon Knight has some value on the trade market next year as an expiring deal if the Heat are still looking to, you know, acquire a player. And and Wayne Ellington, you know, he's he'd be nice to move straight into cap space somewhere because that would get the heat all the way out of the tax, which is, you know, not something I care about, but something that the team cares about. And so like maybe this trade isn't perfect because he's the best chip to move and get out of the tax. And so yeah. we can talk about later, but I thought this trade was a really smart trade for Houston. Cause you give, you give James Harden a, a pick and pop option to go with the Clint Capella. Like you, now you have, now you have multiple lines you can try out there and, and well, for what it's worth, Cody Olenek has been playing with a lot more confidence lately. It, I mean, it's the Heat still stink, but he's been like kind of keying in for his shots, and he's really been flinging it from three. And that's what the Rockets will need him to do if they indeed trade for him. See, as I, as I look at this, I look at the like Cody Olenek, Wayne Ellington. How much defense are the Rockets getting from this? Are these guys that they that couldn't get exposed by the teams that matter to the the Rockets. I think from a Miami Heat perspective, get, you know, gets you off of the money a year earlier. From a Rockets perspective, it's like, is is that the best way for me to use my 2019 first round pick? Could there be something else out there, possibly that that they could look at that would get them, you know, something something of more value? I, I'm not sure something that they could value offensively and. Uh, and defensively, do you guys have any ideas for that, or, well, or not that's quite? A, that's a good point because obviously Kelly and Win are both like yeah. subpar defensive players, but I don't think they're so terrible that it's not worth the first round pick, especially when you're trading two useless bodies off your roster. But what about this? What about what about doing Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris and your first round pick for Kent Bazemore? I mean, this has been something that's been talked about for a while. It's like Kent Bazemore to the Rockets. I mean, I feel like he would be a a better person, a better body uh, that would that would have more impact. Basically, Wayne Ellington is just a guy to go over there, spread the floor and be able to shoot the ball. And I think that he would do fine in that role. But defensively, he's going to he's not going to be super helpful for you. He's going to be hurtful. He's going to be hurting for you. And if you look at uh Kelly Olinick, I think that he perhaps brings some value, but you're still having, you know, he's still I, I don't know. I, I'm just not quite sure the fit there. Where they really need help is more at the at, at the at the wing with with some defense as well. And so I, I feel like Kent Bazemore might be something because, well, he has 18 million for two years. Brandon Knight has two years left as well. So, so the money is not going to be something that like the Hawks have to hold on to and they get a first round pick. They're just in rebuilding mode. And why not take on that for a first round pick? I don't feel like the Hawks are going to be getting many better offers for Kent Bazemore. So I feel like that might be something I would rather do if I were the Rockets personally. That's fair. I don't know. Kent Bazemore doesn't have a history of breaking people's arms in the postseason. So wow, Kelly Olynyk, Kelly Olynyk, he's he's valuable <laughs> in that way. Oh man, you don't listen. You, you don't want Kelly Olynyk trying to pull Boogie's arm out of its socket. Come on, guys. I don't think that's going to happen with Boogie. I don't know. <laughs> K- KD is that what you're talking about? It could be anyone. Yikes! <laughs> Kelly Olynyk does not discriminate. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Oh, boy. 
Well, I think that, I think that's a good point, Richard. Obviously, Ken Bazemore should have been in my mind a little bit more because he has been, you know, talked about in the public sphere quite a bit. So I agree with you that I don't think it's necessarily like I think it's a margin. It's a marginal difference. It's honestly what position are you trying to value? Are yeah. you value? Are you valuing having a guy who's a little bit more suited to play the five when PJ Tucker? I I know they ran those lineups last year, but I didn't think those lineups were all that effective. I guess I had to do some deep deep number searching, but I I felt like they had to make shots to have any success there. And when they missed twenty seven in a row, it didn't work out. Yeah, but I feel like that's twenty seven in a row is pretty ridiculous. I Anyways, agree, but well, they had no rebounding to even get the misses. That's fair. I mean, I think Capella is going to be you're going to find him not getting played off the floor as much this year. I feel like he'll he'll he has to stay on the floor a bit more. Yeah. And, you know, when when he before he like went out, he was he was looked like he'd really turned a corner in terms of his fitness. Mm-hmm. I do worry about him sitting this time out and kind of getting back into that uh, malaise again. So we'll, we'll see, though. It's it's definitely I, I appreciate you bringing up Kent Bazemore because that was something I overlooked. All right. My next trade is involving a franchise storied as one can be. The San Antonio Spurs, winners of very, was it five championships total, all by Tim Duncan. <laughs> oh, by Tim Duncan. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty much true. It is true. And um, so this is, involves them getting Drew Holiday. Now, guys, I don't I don't necessarily think this is a uh, a trade that's better than the other options. But it's something I thought of because I want Drew. I, I was like, I want Drew Holiday put to play for the Spurs right now because I want them to be successful. And I think when Murray comes back and Lonnie Walker hopefully turns into an NBA player, it'd be really special. But the idea was Drew Holiday and his twenty-six million dollars getting traded for Pau Gasol, Patty Mills, and a nineteen-first and a second, no protections. the The idea behind not giving more picks is that, you know, Patty Mills is on a reasonable contract and Mark and Pau Gasol expires in a year. So like, you're not like hampering this. You're not hurting the tank because both those players don't really move the needle, but yeah. you are getting off Pau Gasol within a year. So maybe there's more picks involved. I think the Spurs would do almost any kind of picks that they would could would need to. Cause all of a sudden drew holiday Aldridge, um, DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, and um, what's the guy? The point guard Murray. I think all of a sudden you're looking at a really, really solid team going forward. But I think it's more of me just wanting to see Drew Holiday play for the for the Spurs. If if this trade were to happen, wouldn't the Pelicans also? Wouldn't it make sense if we shipped Deontay Murray out to the Pelicans? Because I mean, now it's I mean, obviously, Drew Holiday can play off ball, uh, or he can play kind of the two with another with another uh, you know point guard there. He's done that in the past yeah. couple of years. But if you if you were to do something like this, wouldn't with Demar Derozan there, wouldn't it make sense that kind of Deontay Murray not becomes obsolete because it's always helpful to have backup guards? But I feel like that would be someone that the Pelicans would would want to would yeah. want to get. And that's definitely fair, and especially with the fact that he's such a low dollar figure in salary, yeah. like it's really not adding much to the trade, and it does work. Mm-hmm. So I agree because I think all of a sudden Patty Mills and Jonte Murray can still be a starting backcourt because Murray is so 
so big as a point guard. Yeah. You know, Patty Mills can be your point guard, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I agree, Richard. That's a good good amendment to the trade. But, like, I, what do you think about the Spurs? If they added Drew Holiday, what kind of dynamic does that do to changing their fortunes? Because all of a sudden, like, you're looking at Drew Holiday as a guy who can get you a bucket. Rudy Gay's proven that he can still, you know, get some separation and get a bucket in games. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, the most boring superstar offensive player we've had in my lifetime. But he, nonetheless, has been a superstar offensive player. I mean, the San Antonio Spurs are the five seed right now. I mean, imagine what they could do if they actually had a point guard. That, and that's what I was going to bring up too. How, how they kind of started the season on a decent note, but then they kind of had a bump before like this most recent surge. And then they go on a re- recently, like they won like five or six games in a row. Like they went on a run where they where they were successful. And I see a guy like that for me. I see him fitting within the team structure because Drew Holiday's never been the guy who really seeks out more of his play. And I think defensively, that's probably what Pop is going to look at. And I think if you're the Spurs, you love the fact that he's on a relatively long-term deal. Yeah. You love the fact that he's on that deal. How many yeah. more years does he have left on that contract? Three more after this season yeah. per per trade NBA. So I, for me, I like the fact, like I like this Drew Holiday trade. Mm-hmm. Like if you begin to look at the just the landscape of the NBA and teams that he could go to, teams without a point guard who would who would want to go after him that are also that also have really a reason to because they're trying to make the playoffs. I mean yeah. that number gets pretty limited uh, pretty quickly. I mean you know, the Warriors don't need him. Denver it doesn't need him. OKC doesn't. Portland doesn't. Uh, you know, Houston doesn't. Um, Utah. You know, I mean, I guess Utah could if they I, want. If they want. He to. makes he makes sense, but I don't know if they have the assets to really make it happen. I don't think they do. Like they'd be sending out players that they need exactly to yeah. retain. Whereas, like you know, the Spurs are in an interesting place where they have a, they have some you know salary filler pieces, and they have that really cheap young guy. Whereas yeah. you can't send out Donovan Mitchell, and he's like really your only like asset that translates to every other team. You know. Yeah, I mean, so you look at the West, like those are the teams, I mean, the Clippers don't need him as well. Like those are the teams that are in um, in playoff position that would have any sort of desire. I mean, we have a couple of teams that we'll talk about in, the, in a second from the East that may have uh, some interest and some pieces that, that they could move in order to make it happen. But, I mean, when you begin to look at a Drew Holiday trade, uh, you know, it makes sense why the Pelicans were like, you know, we're not trading him, we're not trading him right now because they're just – aren't that many places that are open. And so they know that the, any trade offer that actually would go through has to be a good one. And I think that if you were to throw in Deontay Murray, you were to give a future, uh, I mean, I guess it'd be this year's first round pick. Um, I mean, then you are getting some value if, but all of this is predicated on Anthony Davis is going somewhere. And at, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see um, all this. I think any Drew holiday trade comes after um, in the order of operations after an Anthony Davis trade. Yeah. And I'm still the mindset. If I'm the Lakers, I send literally everyone on the <laughs> roster, not name LeBron James to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. Ooh. I'm still that mindset. Okay. But here's the thing. Like, <laughs> like I, like, first of all, I sent you guys uh, a picture in our a Slack or, or our whatever, whatever, one of our chats, right. About like, the you have fifteen dollars 
um, to set a trade for Anthony <laughs> Davis, and like the categories were like one dollar fifty cents, twenty five cents, and like like you can't. There's not enough pieces that they have that can be offered that are even quality. Like in like to get both of those guys, that's unreasonable, in my well, opinion. For for a trade to be made, you have to offer all of your guys everything, all future first round picks and pick swaps, just for Anthony Davis alone, like. That's the only way I could even see that type of trade getting done, let alone trying to, to get weasel, weasel in um, Drew Holiday into that mess. I just don't see that happening. But for the record, <laughs> Drew oh. Holiday and Anthony Davis for KCP, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Steve McKayluk, Bonga, Zubak, Wag- Wagner, Stevenson, and Michael Beasley works. Uh, this is like this is one of the trades that you would make literally in July. This is a trade. That uh, there's just too much. Like you would literally have yeah. to cut half the players you just traded for, or your, your or your other your actual roster. <laughs> Could make it in July. Everyone's off the everyone's off the Lakers, anyways. My goodness, Ethan, I can't believe you did right, that. I think Ma- you made me cough. I had to mute myself. Think it go works. Through holiday. It works. Idea. Oh boy, Ethan's going. We're gonna lose him on this one. It works because Ethan, Ethan is like a scientist when it comes to these type of trades. He loves just throwing it in. I can see him sitting there in the dark watching NBA games on League Pass, just going through the trade machine, throwing in random yes. assets. I'm using my TV and my housemate's TV to watch two games. I got my laptop and I'm just like smiling and like making un- like sk- weird noises as I <laughs> trade machine, trade machine, oh, like, <laughs> just in there typing things in. Probably see a player on one game, you're like, huh, I wonder how this guy would do on this team. And then you just watch players and they, you're like, all right, how would you do on this team? Oh. All right, so, What's so the I'm telling you, my, my I become more like this the worse the Heat are because I don't care about the Heat results nearly as much. Uh, yeah, and because the Miami Heat have a bunch of just players that they sign for uh, contracts that are, you know, either slightly above it. Like, they're middling enough, but, like, they are – they're easy to add up They're to any, basically any contract that that's out there, and yes. it's, it's so. They're all cumbersome yeah. contracts. You, 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 when you carry them around, you trip over them, but you know you still pick it back up because ah, it's okay. I can, I can I can move this later on. Well, let's go ahead and move on ourselves to um, uh, another one. This is one that I I came up with because I. Would like to say, Drew Holiday again. Go to a team that is competitive. Let's send him back. Send him back to the mm, uh, to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Let's bring it back there. Um, and basically, just him going back. This would allow uh, you know he can play a little bit off ball. So having him along with Ben Simmons would be would be a, a pretty good, I think, setup uh, mm. offensively and defensively. Yes. Um, and the price for that would be. Well, Pelicans, we hope you like Markel Fultz. Um, and if you don't, well, here is eight nine million dollars that we can use to make the money work. Uh, Zaire Smith, so you know he'll he'll be just fine when we get him down to your training staff because your training staff knows what they're doing. That's right. Um, and oh. yep, uh, Wilson Chandler just for the money as well, and Justin Patton because. Again, why not? Uh, let's throw more people who have injury history to the Pelicans training staff and hope that it works out. And then the 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 real cost, the real reason why would be uh, the 76ers first round pick this year and the Miami Heat uh, 
2021 first round pick. So two first round picks to make it happen. You have the young promise of Fulton Zaire Smith. We're not including the young promise of Justin Patton because that's basically done. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 looking less than promising. We'll say it that way. Yeah. Um, my question here, Richard, is with the addition of Drew Holiday, what does that spell for the future of one Jimmy Butler? Is he still re- retainable? No, that's not, sure. Why not? No, I don't want. I mean, well, well, hold on. Here, at the very least, what you do is you Blake Griffin him. You at least got to say, all right, yeah. we'll we'll give you the money. But then at that point, once you've got him locked in, you've got him, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, uh, Joel Embiid. I mean, you're going to be an attacks. Who cares though? Because you've been awful for so many years. You've probably been saving up the bucks. But yeah. then at that point, then if you're not convinced that this that Jimmy Butler fits with what you're doing, or or um, you know, forbid Ben Simmons, like however you desire your team to round out, then you can make that trade when it comes. When the Lakers don't mm-hmm. get their, you know, you know, don't get Anthony Davis. When whatever team strikes out but needs, you know, when, when the Knicks need the their, you know, Clippers, whoever, whoever it is. Then you make that trade, mm-hmm. um, but I, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, it just depends. Uh, I think that the Pelicans will have more of an open spirit to to move people if if and when Anthony Davis gets traded. And I think doing something like this, if it were to happen before the deadline, and you could include Wilson Chandler, then I think that something like this would give them enough. Okay, our first round pick. Miami Heat first round pick, Fultz and Zaire Smith. Like, there's enough shots in the dark that something is going to hit there. Mm-hmm. That I think it might be worth it for. Um, and you get off the Wilson, you get off the money because Wilson Chandler will be expiring at that point. So I think that it ends up working out pretty well for you. Yeah, ironically enough, I was thinking of Drew Holiday as being a better shooter than Jimmy Butler, but he's definitely taken a a reverse. He's gotten a worse as a shooter as his career has progressed, ironically. So that's kind of an interesting, like, eyes eyes not matching up with what I, what's actually the stats are. But I don't know. I, I love Drew Holiday. Like we've mentioned, we've talked about him quite a bit. I I think it's a good trade. I think this this I think the trade could make the Sixers the favorite in the East pretty quickly. Like oh, I think it would, in fact. So. Yeah, because I mean that you have your roster ends up being at that point like four all-star level guys, and then JJ Redick, who yes. is who's perfect for that fifth spot because all you gotta do is run around and be available to shoot threes and spread the floor. Yeah, what do you think? I definitely like it because defensively, I think about the possibilities that they could have with Butler, Embiid, and Holiday, and Simmons. I think. That's definitely not a promise. And I think about the game where you had the 76ers against the Warriors. And I was watching that game. I don't know. I know Ethan was watching. I think it was LeBron coming back, playing against the Clippers, so he didn't really care. I don't know, Richard, if you got to watch that game. You're seeing defensively what they have now, what the 76ers have now, and how they were able to – the Warriors do make a lot of bad decisions. Turnovers has always been a problem for them. But what they're able to force through with their players, if you add a guy like Holiday – I like that a lot for them. And for me, I think that will give them a little bit more bump to actually try to, because I think about, I really think about how they're going to fare against the Raptors and how they're going to fare against the Milwaukee Bucks. And adding Holiday gives you that other added piece. And 
you also don't have to rely on Ben Simmons to be such a ball handler, which frees him up to do more cutting and slashing, which Ben Simmons has shown he has that ability to do. So I do like the fit overall. Mm-hmm. But I am curious to see because Jimmy Butler already kind of like that ugly side of it has rear-headed, has, has that come mm-hmm. up. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. We already heard rumors. Things weren't going well. And then yeah. I had another guy. Could that affect things, or could Jimmy Butler say, "You know what? We're going to be winning. Doesn't matter." Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I at this point kind of just ignore the Jimmy Butler stuff until the off season. Um, yeah. And I think that with this, it allows it allows for Brett Brown to be creative with with his roster uh, and and with with his playing time and the lineups he decides to play. I mean, you. Any any time you're going to have probably two of those guys on the court at any time during the game, and I mean you could figure out which pairing works the best mm-hmm. and just run it out that way. I, I think that it leads to some really interesting things. Um, it just depends on does AD get traded and do the Pels are they just having a fire sale? Yeah. All right, and now the best Pistons trade and the best Drew Holiday trade that we could oh. ever think of true right. holiday is going to go to the pistons wow fanfare and julius randall is going to join him along with etuan moore and the pelicans are going to take andre drummond reggie jackson and get two first round picks from the pistons hmm. and richard i you're the you're the expert in this matter what is your ruling all right so here here's here's my here's my thought process number one drew holiday is a type of um I'm not going to say type of player, but is the type of contract that the Pistons uh, need to go after. Because if we get, if we try to trade for anyone, like we've seen with the Blake Griffin situation, if we try to trade for anyone that is quality, they need to be on a long-term contract because they're not going to re-up with the Pistons. So mm-hmm. something with Drew Holiday, where he does have more years, uh, he is a good player, would you know makes sense in that regard as far as going after to get him, like Julius Randle. He has a player option for like $9 million, is it? I can't remember. Yeah. Is, is that the price? He's probably not going to stick around because it's Detroit. Uh, I, I have doubts that he would want to stick around. Etwan Moore stick around this year and next year, I think, is his contract length. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with something like this, I mean, the Pistons the Pistons are at, are at a situation where uh, they either just need to accept that they're awful or they need to make a move. Um, and right now, being the nine seed, just a couple of you know spot games out from from taking over the Miami Heat doing a trade like this i think would open things up right now we only have Blake Griffin post-ups that are and Blake <laughs> Griffin shooting from the outside literally everything is Blake Griffin because we can't run our offense through Andre Drummond cuz if we do then well just it, Andre Drummond post-ups are not what you want and it it becomes real rough and Reggie Jackson has lost a step this is very apparent if you're the Pistons, you do this trade in a heartbeat because, for number one, it allows you to clear a lot of cap space. Um, it allows you to clear a lot of the uh, ugly stuff that's going on, the ugly lineups and matchups that you're able that you're able to have out there. You basically can't do anything. Your lineup is your lineup with the current Pistons roster. Not a whole lot that you can really do, but cost two first round picks. Who cares? I'm. I'm that's fine with me. Uh, if you're able to do something like this, because you take care of of two birds with one stone here, you get Drew Holiday, a quality player, and you also get off of the long term bad contracts. 
of Reggie Jackson and well, Andre Drummond, just because he plays a position where you can find a lot of value uh, for a lot cheaper. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know for, for me, I, I would, it would be great for me for the Pistons. I don't know if the Pelicans do this. If I'm the Pelicans, I prefer the Sixers offer. I prefer the Spurs offer with Deontay Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. I, I think the gamble is the Pistons pick this year should still be okay. And mm-hmm. may, in 2021 is the year I selected. That's Drew Holiday's last year with the Pistons. So it's like it's not like um, a guarantee that he'd still be there. Like hypothetically, if the Pistons thing doesn't work out, you know, maybe they're already shopping him again to, you know, try to get back assets and, you know, reacquire stuff. But I I agree. I think once we added Deontay Murray to the Spurs offer, that is a game changer and it makes a big difference. But I would really like to see like this specific team, like in this specific potential Detroit team, because I think with Drew Holiday and Blake Griffin, you got two very unique ball handlers and creators. And then between each one more and Luke Kennard, you have a stellar knockdown shooter from the from the two spot. And then Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock, stick, Reggie Bullock stick around for the three and. Mm-hmm. Like you're he's there. Kind of, he's kind of he's kind of a tweener too. He's not really a three. Right. He can't defend threes very well. Yeah. He can defend twos well, but 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 still, I, I get the point. Yeah. yeah. But, but then on the Pelicans end, if you're like Richard said, if you're moving Holiday, that means you're you've already probably moved Davis. What do they want out of all of this though? Which is, are they really going to want to bring in guys that's going to win in more games, or do they want to start bottoming out? I don't know what about the Pistons or Spur or, or Spurs trade is going to help them win games. Like with the Pistons, I can see like an Andre Drummond. Like I know we we say all we want, like random guys like that will start randomly winning you games. I'd rather have one where I get assets like younger guys that I can start building up, or guys that have ex- more. I don't know how their contracts are, but expiring contracts. I I, I do agree with Elkin a little bit. Like not that not that. I mean, if if any any boss here has been sitting around looking at the Pistons and saying, "Man, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, that that that's a game winning formula right there." Yeah, like, I mean, they're, no they're not seeing it, but. At near the end of the season, right, where, where you're trying to lose games mm-hmm. and you're trying to be one of the worst three to four teams in the league, Andre Drummond and Randy Jackson will help you be one of the eight worst teams in the league, not necessarily one of the top four. So it like yeah, you begin I to win you. the games that you that you shouldn't. That you should and, be. and, and that's so why like a Spurs package or a Sixers package, because I have guys that a, are probably not going to be playing yet, or B, are, aren't going to be in the rotation that much. Do you think even the Spurs would consider throwing a Lonnie Walker on top of all that? Like, is, so. is giving up both those young guard prospects worth it to get, bring Drew Holiday in? I mean, not, not like either of them are playing this year for the Spurs. I, I think it's only one. Like, I think they want to see what they – I feel like with Murray, they still don't know what they have completely. I know his shot almost feels like it's never going to get better, but – I think for Lonnie Walker, they are interested because they didn't get to see any of him mm-hmm. to see what they have in Lonnie Walker. It was just a thought because yeah. I like Lonnie Walker in the draft in terms of his athletic potential, but mm-hmm. he's a very unrefined player when he came out of Miami. Yeah. All right. Well, well you know, you holiday. If we want to talk about this other tiny little Pistons trade, this was a uh, – a trade I cooked up because the the Suns can't take Marquise Chris back. It's not allowed. You cannot reacquire him. But 
I think the uh, the Rockets are always in need of more shooting. Troy Daniels has been there before. So I had a little three-team trade here for Marquise Chris to go to the Pistons. The Pistons are compensated for taking that trash with a Memphis 2020 second-round pick, which is pretty valuable, if you ask me. And then the Rockets are going to get Troy Daniels, and the Suns get Stanley Johnson. So him and Josh Johnson can do the Spider-Man meme every day at practice. Josh Jackson. Oh, Josh Jackson. There we go. Fair enough. Yeah, I yeah. I mean with this <laughs> I mean sure. I mean the, the realist the thing about what you just said is that the Pistons probably are looking to trade Stanley Johnson at the deadline. Whether it's this move, whether it's Stanley Johnson for Rodney Hood, whether it's Stanley Johnson to the Kings for, for for whatever. I mean there are at some point the Pistons can't do literally just nothing here. They need to make a decision. Is Stanley Johnson in their future plans? If he's not, then let's flip him. We know that wherever he goes, he's probably going to play better just because he'll be out of Detroit, and Detroit has not been a great place for him. Um, so point of the matter is, sounds fine to me. If Pistons can get a second-round pick, even if it's something at the end of the second round, I, I don't care. At this point, the, the – uh, the Stanley Johnson experience is not going to work, especially, I mean, it's not going to work because you've got to extend, you got to give him an offer this upcoming year. And I just don't see it happening. My question to you, Richard, is you just brought up Stanley. You want to trade Stanley Johnson. And you had mentioned a guy named Rodney hood. Yeah. Now my, my question is like, what kind of draft assets are you willing to part with if you were to get a Rodney hood for Stanley Johnson? Cause I don't think it's a, I, I don't think, think it, it's, I, I think it is. It, you, you think the Cavs would do that just straight up? I mean, is sorry, is Rodney hood in the Cavs long-term plans? No. Okay. Then, then what is, if, if he's not, then him and Stanley Johnson are essentially just sideways moves. If That's you fair. look, if the Cleveland Cavaliers have looked and said, you know what, Rodney Hood is not in our long-term plans, then let's trade him for, and we can give Stanley Johnson a look in our system, whatever that system happens. To, I mean, I don't know what kind of system that is at this point, but let's give him a half half a year to to try to play and see if we might want to have him because I think that he could be had for a relatively reasonable contract um, for a team like the Cavaliers. So I think just, just having the opportunity to look would be, would be worth it. How would you feel if we added John Luer and Henry Ellenson to the deal? And then you had to do draft capital because you're receiving Alec Burks, which is also an expiring deal. It would only be a second round pick is what I would, hypothesize because Henry Ellison's done after this year. Yeah. John Luer's got one more year remaining. But if you were able to get off the John Luer contract a year early, how much draft capital would you think is worth it? I mean, that's that's worth it a little bit because not only that, what, what this would allow us to do, let me look here. Um, I'm just trying to plug it in here. Uh, well, here's the thing. You can't throw Alec Burks into the trade, right? Yeah, you can't. You'd have to he, he cannot just, be traded with another player. You have to do set, uh, structure as two separate trades, which I guess is fine. I didn't. Th- I thought he just couldn't get traded back to Utah. Did That's, that trade happen prior to? Maybe it did. 
per trade NBA, it's it's just a non no reacquiring for Utah restriction. Okay, okay, but you fine. you could break it up. We're Stanley for Stanley for um, Hood, and I think you could just do John Luer and Ellison for Burks, but. All, yeah. all, all in all, I was like, okay, is, is a second-round pick worth it to get off in a year early? Because the Cavs are, you know, in asset hoarding mode. They probably don't care. To, they're already given, you know, worthless roster spots to Henson and Delva Delva, but they're going to have a lot of money coming off the books next season. You know, it'd be wise for me because it wouldn't get them into the luxury tax to take on one more contract. What this also does is it opens up the Pistons. It, I think that it would be worth throwing a second round pick if the Pistons really want, because you get Burks and Hood um, as valuable pieces going forward. But you also, in doing this, you do clear up about uh, $0.8 million. And the Pistons are about half. So basically, I think that you would have approximately the minimum that you could go after someone in the buyout market. Um, you could go for someone in the buyout market and be able to bring in one more person who might be of more value. So, so if you're truly trying to push it this year, doing this trade with, uh, you know, Lure Ellenson, Stanley Johnson for Burks and hood, throw in a second rounder, whether it's this year or next or not, or not next year, but our next opportunity, I think it's like 2024, something ridiculous like that. Um, (laughs) then it's, it's worth it and it would be fine. So get drew holiday and get these two shooting guards from the Cavs. And all of a sudden the Pistons are now the, the new Pacers in the East. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I, I think it's good trades. Like, I don't know why, but like the Pistons just came across my radar quite a bit. Cause they're one of those teams that I just look at Blake Griffin. I'm like, man, if the Heat had a Blake Griffin, like we wouldn't have these problems. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't, why do the, why do the Pistons have these problems? Well. And it makes me sad, you know? Yeah, I, the, the thing that's going to make us the most sad, like, guys, yesterday the Pistons played the the Clippers. It got off to a forty point first quarter, mm-hmm. and then from, game. and then so it was one of, one of our one of our uh, he's not really a beat writer, kind of a blogger guy, uh, but he's pretty well known. Uh, and I think it's uh, Duncan Smith. He mm-hmm. tweeted out, he's like, man. The Pistons are the only team that can make me so upset by by jumping out on this Clippers team and having a forty point quarter, and then like right after that, it's like you know what they're probably going to end up losing by ten points, and I'll be even more upset. They lost by ten points, guys, <laughs> and it's just it, it's just a it's a travesty being a Pistons fan. Blake Griffin can't do it all all the time, man, and that's exactly. honestly what it comes down to. Exactly. So Richard, Richard, besides the championship year, after the championship year, after those runs, can you remember the last time as a Pistons fan where you were happy with the team that you had? I don't understand the question. So has there been any recent seasons in which you've been content or not as miserable as you okay, are? So, I mean, the the Reddy Jacks experience where he played really well uh, to get to get us into the playoffs, the eight seed against the Cavs. I mean, that was a, a fun year because Reggie Jackson was actually playing well. Yeah, there was like, yeah, some stylistic things. Like, he's kind of a ball hog, but it's working this year. He was like pulling the Isaiah Thomas where mm. under two minutes in the fourth quarter, like he was at the top of the league and he was just playing very, very well. But then the injury happens, right? And then from that point, you've, you've given him the contract. He has the injury and he's never been the same since. And it's... 
So, I mean, that would be the closest, I'd say. But what about the Rodney Stuckey and Jason Max Steel teams? How about those? Oh, you, you mean the ones that were also the Charlie Villanueva and the uh, Ben Gordon years? Yeah, I don't think mm. so, bud. Oh, okay. I remember those years fondly. The, the Josh Smith uh, years. Oh, that's the, the best time. I mean, honestly, we're still in the Josh Smith years. So, I mean, yeah, let's just let it ride. I think we better better switch it up, Richard. Let's, let's switch it up here Smith before before. Let's go back to the. I think we need to go back to the Heat. Okay, back to the Heat. That's that's let's where I come in. Heat, another another trade, Ethan. What you got for some? Okay, so my idea here is that Zach Levine is not particularly working out with the Bulls. He's like they don't really have a purpose for him. He's not. I mean, he's doing well enough. Like he's scoring points, but he's doing it really inefficiently at this point in the year. He needs to go to a team that he can still like huck and chuck, but has a bit more structure to it. And that's and I think the Bulls would appreciate an unprotected Miami Heat first round pick for 2019, mm. and Tyler Johnson for Zach Levine. Let's do this. Let's just do it. I would I'm say, here. go ahead. And I'm here for it. The Heat pick is probably going to be a decent pick. It's going to be number 17 after Zach Levine comes to the Heat. Yeah. And then I know for the Heat, getting off that Tyler Johnson contract. Yeah, we get off it a year early. We commit ourselves to Zach Levine, who I think fits in lovely as like the point guard position, but he's going to be guard, he's going to be guarding point guards and shooting guards. But I think with Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow, you can assign them to the two other main wing ball handler types, and Zach Levine just – Go find an island somewhere. Not only is this like great for 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 the Miami Heat, they get Zach Levine, they get to get another two guard, they get to have him for a. We're long, moving a two guard for, for a two guard for, for the for, record for, 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 for long, <laughs> you know, but you get to have a, a two guard on your team for a longer amount of time, um, which is exactly what the Miami Heat want. Uh, the Bulls, they get to get off of money a little bit early. They get to get a first round pick and. They get to decrease their projected wins by 18. Yeah. Guys, in the tankathon, this is exactly what you want. That's what I was going to bring up. Like, you want to bring in a guy like Tyler Johnson because Zach Levine, he just has those nights where he just go off. I remember watching a, it was a Bulls versus Pacers game. He was making off balance threes, he was making everything. And the Bulls are probably like, why are we even trying to win this game right now? What are we doing? We're shutting down people left and right, taking them out. You know what? For the record, I'll also include. If if Kelly Olynyk doesn't get traded to the Rockets, Kelly Olynyk and Dion Waiters, send them over. We'll take Jabari Parker. Why not? Okay, oh. so so here's the thing. All the suckers. You just want all of them, man. Here's the thing. There's no way that Jabari Parker is like going to be going for that just because of the years and the money. But yes, the Bulls have made literally everyone except for Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr. available. So should have, should have as they should. Has- Hassan Whiteside, come on down. Jabari Parker's <laughs> waiting for you. That's actually less unreasonable for the simple fact that he expires. But yeah. so does Jabari Parker. So why would you do it? Well, I mean, because the because the unprotected first round pick. Because the Heat might, yeah, might give yeah. you some draft capital. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I honestly think Zach Levine would thrive with the Heat for the simple fact that he doesn't have to be a defensive player anymore. Like he already isn't. But if you surround him with the Heat players as they currently have, what well, all the Heat need is a guy who can get his own shot and make it consistently. Oh, and true. Zach Levine's going to be able to do that. Of all the trades that we've mentioned and will mention today, this is the one that I envision as most likely to happen just because it well, works out well for it both works guys. out well for both teams and it's literally one player. Like all the others, we have far too many players to be involved to, for to <laughs> yeah. like actually happen. And more importantly, it satisfies Ethan as well. 
got the Heat make sure that Ethan is satisfied with this trade. Yeah, they always call him. This trade like actually makes sense because mm-hmm. the Bulls I'm, don't yeah. need Zach Levine to help. He's not helping Laurie Markin and Wendell Carter reach their potential. He's no. not. No. So go ahead and get Tyler Johnson. He's off in a year, and he's not going to hurt anything. He's just going to try hard and get hit in the face. <laughs> yeah, and, and it allows for the uh, Chicago Bulls to have uh, the office-themed like fan appreciation night or whatever where they can uh, tell um, Moe's Shroot uh, bobbleheads along with Tyler Johnson bobbleheads. It'll just be the same thing, just uh, one wearing different clothes. So, well, no. All right. Now, let's take a detour, quick detour from the heap. We'll be back. Don't worry, we'll be back. This is a Mike Conley trend. I'm interested to see. Ethan, was this your creation? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yes. Three team trade. Go ahead. Okay. So the Grizzlies are going to receive Ricky Rubio and Dante Exum from the Jazz. Um, The Knicks are involved here because this is the only way for the Knicks to get some value. I'm wondering what kind of draft capital they could receive Mm -hmm. for just like facilitating this. So the Jazz are locked into getting Wesley Matthews. So they don't have to wait for him to be a buyout candidate. But the Knicks get Derek Favors. All right. Again, draft capital not, not known. And then the Jazz will receive Wesley Matthews and Mike Conley. So this is basically the Jazz going all in this season, trying to get Donovan Mitchell, the point guard that best uh, uh, will help him develop the most, a guy who can catch and shoot, a guy who can facilitate, care, like you know, carry the game for three quarters. Donovan Mitchell takes over in the fourth. Wesley Matthews, good three and D guy. He's basically what he can basically do what Kyle Korver does for you, but also guard some people. Um, obviously, a little less effective than Korver in terms of the three point percentage. But I think it's a good trade. Derek Favors is not making a big difference in the backup center market for them just because Rudy Gobert plays most of the backup center minutes, or he made, he plays all the center minutes. And Epe Udo, I think, is ready to play backup center um, for the 10 minutes that Derek Favors actually needs to be in there. And Derek Favors at the four, I just don't think, is a smart way to play basketball anymore. But he's a great center, in my opinion. Anyway, that's my thoughts. And then if you can convince DeAndre Jordan to – get bought out and come to the jazz and be the backup center. You give, you give the Knicks a little extra scratch. So this is hilarious, by the way, like the reason why this trade is hilarious is because how many like power forward center, big men can the <laughs> New York Knicks acquire like at the trade deadline? Like, like, like number, first of all, you already had one on your roster who, you know, you have Enos Cantor Used and to then be a jazz. Yeah, used to be just bring in DeAndre Jordan, and then now we're wanting to bring in Derek Favors. Can, I mean, like I know that um, you know Fizdale was was wanting to like start Chris Apps Porzingis at the three. Like if yeah. you make this yes. trade, then, then like he had some fascination with with large men. Like you could go huge. You could just have an entire lineup full of centers. <laughs> start Mitchell the Robinson. Unicornet. The Unicornet starts at the two. Yeah, you have you have Cornet. You've got Derek Favors. You've got Enos Cantor. Uh, DeAndre Jordan and, and Mitchell Robinson. You got the five right there. Just run it out. Right. I mean, if you're and, in tank mode, let's do it. And per a Mavericks color commentator, DeAndre Jordan is the best passing big man in the league. So you got your oh, point guard right oh, there. My goodness. Guys, oh, this is no. beautiful. Like, this needs to happen just for the sake of, of hilarity and, and humor. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried. I need to envision a coach running out just like five, six foot, ten and taller guys. Like, seeing what happens. They're like, we may not have much ball handling, but our size will cover up the floor. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So bad. But back to serious for a little bit, guys. Like, I get that Wesley Matthews 
is iffy here, but I think, and I think, and let me go back to the trade machine. I think you can just do Exum and Rubio, but don't you think that the addition of Wesley Matthews in this trade is not like that big of a deal? Like New York's like, oh, you're sending us favors. It's expiring. Screw it. Yeah, we'll take it. It's less money we have to pay this year. Absolutely. Why not? So, like, I think it's one of those things that they would be okay with just getting thrown into this deal. And I think Utah would benefit from having a point guard who can do more than just pass really well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, it sounds like the trade. It, it sounds like a, like a fine situation. Um, I mean, the, it, it, if – I let me just preface it this way. I would not do the trade personally – like if I were the Jazz or the Grizzlies, like I for for the for this for the for this point, like first of all, if I'm the Jazz, I'm locking myself in. If I'm if I make this trade, I'm locking myself in. And granted, it's Mike Conley, but I, I'm just a little bit worried about his health. And that's a lot of money to to go into to someone who who may or may not be able to stay healthy. If I am the um, if I'm if I'm the Grizzlies. Ricky Rubio, fine, he'll expire. Uh, and if I want, if I want to bring him back, fine. Like I think he's the type of person that helps you figure out the types of pieces that you have and if they're valuable. Like he'll set guys up, and if they can do well, good. And then you know that they're pieces that you want to carry with you. Dante Exum, like that's that's a deal that's not looking super great in my opinion. Like I don't want Dante Exum, who also is just going to be injury riddled for the next however many years you have him on your team. Like. I don't know. Like I just, and and maybe maybe that's the reason why a trade like this can happen because no one's really satisfied and those that you know no one's happy. But for me, if it was me personally, I would look in different directions or I would just say, well, it for me, Grizzlies, it's not worth it to trade Mike Conley, who's meant so much uh, to to our team. And for them, for the Jazz, don't want to lock myself in. So here's the thing about the Jazz: the Jazz can't get free agents. They so. can't. You got to trade for him. Um, that's why they got to go after Conley. The Grizzlies, you're a small market team that is very, very close to being a, a fire in, in Memphis because your team's bad and you have bad contracts. If you can get off the Conley contract and at least take the burden away of we can't spend any more money, that's very good because right now they are $300,000 from being over the luxury tax. And this Memphis team cannot be getting up there when the raises kick in for all their players next year. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. Like it's, it's about maneuvering the salary cap a little bit and also getting a player like Dante Exum who can come in. He can just run up and down the court. It's like he's a good defender. So you have him on the front end, Jaron Jackson Jr. on the back end. I think it's one of those trades that you – you just pull the trigger on. No one's like thrilled, but you both should like be able to just, like do this trade and like, oh, well, that was nice, Mike Conley. Thank you. Go be really great in the West, continually, <laughs> out way out West. I just think it's one of those trades that you, the Jazz need to do because Ricky Rubio is not doing it for them. Yeah. You're right, Richard, Richard. You got this weird grin on your face, and I don't like it. Well, I mean, here's what this happens. Here's what happens. Like uh, Derek, you, you move Derek Favors. You yes, you get Mike Conley, who is an upgrade from Ricky Rubio. 
Uh, you get Wesley Matthews, which is another wing that you can that you can have in the roster. But but you begin to get a little bit thin. And what happens when you play a team that runs Rudy Gobert off the floor? Like who are you who are you playing in that spot? That's my concern with this trade as well, from the Jazz perspective. Can you get anyone? Do they have the if they do this? Do they have anyone that they can bring in on the buyout market just to be a body that could play some backup center minutes that that's not going to be awful? I don't know. I honestly think that if your problem is Rudy Gobert getting put off the floor, then it, none of this matters. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Well, then it doesn't matter. You shouldn't have paid Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert then. I mean, all, I mean, I know but then, that. But then what's the point of going out to get Mike Conley for? Well, what's the, the point? The Warriors exist. No, but I mean, like, if, like this, this doesn't make sense for the Jazz. If the Jazz are going to con- are going to convince themselves that they can make it happen, they need to have the versatility to be able to deal with a team. Well, you don't have to trade for Wesley Matthews. I just think it's Wesley an upgrade Matthews overall issue. Well, you're keeping Derek Favors. Fine, Derek fine, Favors fine. can switch at, at, at the five. So okay. Fine. What's your point, Richard? There's no point because the, the Warriors aren't getting beat right now. Next year, maybe because they might not have any other good players. Wouldn't it be funny if it, if Clay went to the Lakers, Durant to the Knicks, and boogied somewhere else, and then it's just Stephen Curry and Draymond Green yelling at everyone? Wouldn't that be just lovely? Sorry, yeah. I don't like your trade, Ethan. It's the it's the first trade I don't I don't he's like. He's pretty much bringing up no trades matter. Warriors are still winning. That's right. That's exactly right. But you oh, know what? On. We're having a great time because Kristaps Porzingis got put. Right, a think... guy who's not going to play it all this year really? and probably is not going to be a long-term fix for the Mavericks because apparently he just doesn't want to get paid even though he's an injury-riddled seven-foot-three guy. All right. Let, let's, let's, let's go back go. to the Heat. Let's, let's bring in two more Heat trays to try to get Ethan back in here, bring him back a little bit. Positivity. I don't even, even want to do these now. Oh. They're both like just like shots in the dark. One's okay. Here, here's basically the idea. One involved. They're both involved the Kings and them taking a James Johnson salary because they are the only team with significant cap space. And the the difference in between the two trades is in one, Wayne Ellington and Rodney Magruder go to the Thunder, and the other one they go to the 76ers. So basically, that that a Kelly Olynyk trade, they can't all happen, but. One of them, Wayne Ellington goes to the Thunder, Rodney Magruder goes to the Thunder, and Mon Schumper comes to the Heat along with Tim- Timothy Lawu Cabarro, TLC, as he's affectionately called. The Kings would get James Johnson, Alex Sabrinas, and Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton can stop this trade, uh, but he he can, but moving him is what shrinks the Thunder's luxury tax bill. So, like, that's the reason for them to include him and they would include a second round pick in the trade and Miami would send a future first. Oh uh, man, if I remember Felton, I'm like, you know what? Do I want to go from the Thunder to the Kings? Mm, with 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 no promise of of increase in playing time. If I haven't Felton, I stop. I mean, I would stop it. But I, I mean, just, the, the, I, no, I mean, I just request a buyout like to, for you to cut my check when I'm done. I'm like, hey, nope, just buy me out. I'm going to go back to North Carolina, eat some bojangles and call it a weekend. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that's the if, first trade. Mm-hmm. The heat. The, the reason the Thunder. This makes sense for them is like Wayne Ellington expires just like Alex Sabrina's. Ronnie Magruder expires just like Ray and Felton. But Ronnie Magruder will have a low cap hold for um, and he'll have bird rights. 
Rodney Magruder is a perfect kind of player to play next to Russ. He doesn't need the ball. He's active off ball. He's turned himself into a good catch-and-shoot guy. He is one of the few players that could play defense for the Thunder and also shoot threes. Now, Terrence Ferguson has been doing really well with that so far this year, so good for him. But it's they definitely – um, they definitely need more. They need his backup, more or less. Because, you know, Andre Roberson is as good as he is as a defender. Everyone knows he can't shoot. And Rodney McGrew is not as good a defender as Roberson, but he's he's good. And he's a bit, way better shooter. So I like the trade. It's just, I don't know if you could, I don't even know if a first round pick from Miami is enough for J- you to take James Johnson. Yeah. But I'd yeah. do it. I would do it. Yeah. It's like the Kings. I mean, if you're getting a future first, fine. I think they prefer a first this year even if they know it's going to be kind of mediocre just 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 so that because they don't have their own and so having a first this year would be helpful for them but it's well do you do you want to send this one to the bulls and then the the one this year to the kings sure fine <laughs> okay. let's, let's do that i mean the, the bulls the bulls can play the long game a little bit more i think than the than the kings can and the bulls might say hey a 20 i mean is this unprotected I don't care if it's protected because I mean, that's beginning to be the time where you're going to have the bump in, uh, you know, in players. Yeah. Although it could be the year that comes after that, which could there's be no players. Scary year. That'd be unfortunate. Um, more or less though. I look at like by that time, hopefully Miami has learned from their mistakes of handing out these contracts and we're actually players again for, you know, good, like good players that are worth their money. And I think James Johnson, for what it's worth, like he's he's totally a he's he's better than a replacement level player. He's just getting paid more than more than that. He makes sense next to almost any center in the league at a power forward position. Like he's a good player for he's not going to stymie anyone's development. Like he's been a pro for a long time. I just it's just one of those guys like he doesn't hurt your organization. I don't think yeah. it's just his, his contract's kind of big. But he'll be expiring when De'Aaron Fox is up for his um, money, so it's okay. Seems fine to me. The other um, Heat trade to get off James Johnson money is the Heat get Marco Fultz and Costa Kufus. Uh, the Sixers get Wayne Ellington, Rodney Magruder, Justin Jackson. Two seconds from Miami and a Detroit second, which came from the one of the teams. I think the Kings. And then – the Kings get James Johnson, the, the, the first-round pick from Miami. The Sacramento 19 is returned from the Nick Stauskas trade. And the Sixers can cut Amir uh, Johnson when he when this trade goes through because they need to clear up a roster spot. Or they can attach him, and the Kings – it's just another – some more money for the Kings. But they, they can make it work because hmm. the Kings have space. And a lot of fours and fives in the roster. We love it. Oh, well, yeah, I love it too. And the Heat would get Markel Fultz, which I would say this, like this one, is not what I would want if we go with the Zach Levine trade. But we go with the Zach Levine trade. I want Zach Levine to play the point guard with Jay Rich and Justin uh. with the two and three. But oh, ju- no, ju- no point justice. Well, but but justice is the point guard, but he doesn't guard the point guard. You oh, see what I'm okay. saying? You are who, okay. you are who you guard. You are who you guard. To be fair, Zach, to be fair, Zach Levine won't be guarding the point guard either. <laughs> oh, that is a good point. That's- I love it. I love it. And Hassan Whiteside can chase all those blocks when the guy gets past Zach Levine. There you go. 
So yeah, that's that's my trades. I really actually like the uh, the one including the Thunder because I I think Rodney I'd love to see Rodney Magruder playing with Russell Westbrook. Uh, yeah, I think I think Rodney Magruder needs to get moved at this deadline. I mean, he's been yeah. getting some some DNPs, right? Yeah. Like what's and, what's the, what's the purpose of that? I don't know. See, the Heat are so bad. I feel like we could use him, but yeah, it's like wh- wh- why why have him just sitting? Like let's send him to a team that might have some use for him. Elkin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the that Victor Oladipo went down, and now the trade deadline, which was looking so appealing to you, like you were going to make some things happen. Not now even. it's now it's just like nothing's going to happen. Like literally, the Pacers are probably better off just waiting out this season and seeing what they can do during the summer. Yeah. Letting yeah. those contracts come off the books. Like, I know we're not going to – no free agent's going to really come. I mean, some quality guys I felt like could have came. But I think now it's just like just waiting and see what you can do. And I still have in the back of my mind that eventually they're going to have to give up either Miles Turner or Sabonis at one point in the future. Yeah. yeah. Like, as good as Miles has been playing now, it's just – it's just a way. But – there's not much for us to do besides people keep flowing around Indiana, a bunch of people in Indiana, local guys, like the thing in the local newspapers and a lot of reporters is like, will they go for Conley or not? Like that's been the big one. And the biggest thing that they've saying is obviously they're fine with Collison going. They're fine with Joseph going. They're fine with throwing a first round in there, which it wouldn't matter that much, but they're saying that they're going to have to give up either a Thaddeus Young or a Bagdanovich. And they're like, who does the Pacers want to give up on that? And knowing the owners, they're like, we don't want to go anywhere close to tanking. And those guys are solid rotation guys. We're probably going to keep them. Yeah, you're not you're not doing anything. Yep. So I just want to be out, outwardly upset with Trade NBA. And I what think happened? also the NBA trade machine on ESPN. Because I just did a trade for Otto Porter Jr. to the Pacers for mm-hmm. the same package as I did for Drew Holiday. And it's the same deal. Like, there's something wrong here. That's saying cut four point one million dollars, and it just doesn't make sense. The Pacers are getting less money in this deal, and it's telling me to take him take more money away. It doesn't make sense, and I'm getting frustrated. Go ahead no. and call him, Ethan. Demand yeah. tweet at him, Ethan. Tweet yeah. at him. I should, but yeah, my idea was Tyreek Evans because he's expiring. Darren Collison and Kyle Quinn, which totals to twenty six point eight million dollars for Otto Porter Jr. And this is just a play at having a better. A better and more long-term fit there in Indiana mm-hmm. for when Oladipo comes back. And this yeah. year, it doesn't really help you. But like, in my opinion, t- so sending Carlson away early, sending Tyreek away early, it all this stuff does is just allow Aaron Holiday, Ed, Edmund Sumner to, to you know get the most out of their time here and um, see if they can develop into something. You still have Corey Joseph, who can be your starter if you want to go that way, like to yeah. have a more veteran starter. But like it's just about like you know let let's see if Aaron Holiday can be the guy let's see if Edmund Sumner is worth a anything other than a two way which he had some flashes in that Heat game the other night out yeah he had some stuff like I was watch I was watching that and I was like oh he's there I think right now coming out of the coming out of the Pacers offices they're optimistic about Aaron Holiday that's the biggest thing what they've seen from him they're optimistic and like you're saying they're gonna. They're going to decide either we move on from these guys because now is the time to see what you have. I think this is the season you see what you have from those two guys, Holiday and Sumner. You have your your best guys out, so you better play them. And they kind of gone. I mean, with Sumner, they kind of put him in there in that Warriors game. I felt bad for him. First game starting, he's going against Warriors. <laughs> Steph Curry, 
at one point he tried pressing Steph Curry. <sighs> yeah. Then it out too well. And then at another point, he gave him too much space. Steph Curry did a step back three at the buzzer to end the quarter. And I'm like, ah, Sumner, don't worry. Happens to the best of them. Yeah, it happens to everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've gotten over the major trades or possible trades, fake trades, I should say. Yeah. And as our listeners obviously know, some of these trades are definitely very unlikely to happen, but some of them were just like, this would make a lot of sense. So predictions from you guys. Do we think, scale 1 to 10, 1 being nothing happens, 10 being the world just blows up because of a bunch of Woj bombs, uh, how do we think this trade deadline, this upcoming Thursday, is going to go? I think I think about a two, two or get three. Two minor car- minor players get moved. Minor minor. minor so players. so you predict an eight eighty stays. No one does anything because everyone's upset that Anthony Davis stays, and so basically move pieces in the summer. With what you're looking at, it makes more sense to move in the summer. All right, Ethan, what you thinking? Um, I really hope that. Woj is just blowing everything up. <laughs> you, so you hope for a ten. Okay, I hope we, for a ten. Joker over here introducing anarchy. We all we all hope for tens. Well, that's probably the best outcome. I think the best question to ask is: Is Trevor Reza going to get traded? Is Markeith Morris going to get traded? Both are expiring deals, and I hadn't thought of them till just now. And if they traded both of them, especially if one of them went to the Kings, like if money went to the Kings in this deal, the Wizards could get out of the luxury tax. So, well, yeah, I think that that there's probably some trades in there that are going to happen. I also think that I mean, with there's going to be a the buyout market's going to be very interesting this year, in my opinion. I, I think, think I think it has the potential to be. I think Trevor Ariza for Derek Favors also makes sense. If you don't want to get the Wesley Matthews portion, just saying. All right, and maybe you could convince, maybe you could give him a little capital, and you could get that uh, that lovely Thomas Bryant as well. There's your backup center, buddy. There you go. I mean that that would work. That would work. That would be that would be that would be phenomenal. Um, last question I have for you guys. Last one. Over under, how many teams? Uh, I'm, I'm putting, putting the over-under at um, 30.5. How many teams do the Wizards call to take on the uh, Ian Mahimi contract? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, none, because they uh, they know it's folly. <laughs> oh. And by the way, that Thomas Bryant can't, can, can't be combined with Trevor Ariza, because oh. Trevor Ariza has to be... So you could oh, yeah. do Trevor Ariza, send him out there for favors, and then do Tony Bradley for Thomas Bryant. There you go. That's the only way. But anyway, Thomas Bryant, actually good. Don't forget it. Can't wait till a year from now for when Jan Mahimni becomes the trade piece of all trade pieces. It'll be great. Well, what about all these Heat guys? Tyler Johnson, Hassan Whiteside, even more money that expires. Jan Mahimni. I think uh, before Ethan goes back to the Heat, I think, I think we've had a good run on this pod. It always ends up at the Heat. I feel like every podcast ends up at the Heat somehow. Well, of course. The Heat are the most interesting, terrible team. Get Zach Levine for me, please, Pat Riley. All right. Do it for me, Pat Riley. On that note, after that plea to Pat Riley, it has been a good pod, fellas. we got to trade possibilities, and I think it would be a good time to wrap it up. 
and we shall see each other next week. Please, Pat. It'll be a new NBA by then. Yep. Please, Please Pat.